Welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership podcast series. Today we're going to be talking about unpaid care work among Utah women, which was the topic of one of our research snapshots this past year. I'm Dr. Susan Matson, founder of the Utah Women in Leadership Project, and I'm here with Robin Scribner, the lead researcher for the research snapshot series here at the project. Unpaid care work. What is it? I mean, why is it so important? Well, it includes child care, elder care, housework, and other tasks, and it is vitally important to the creation of strong families, communities, and nations. In fact, such domestic work has been called the work that makes all other work possible. And actually, according to the McKenzie Global Institute, the monetary value of women's unpaid work is estimated to be 10 trillion each year, and women worldwide spend a significant larger portion of the time, their time, than men performing this critical work. So that's a little bit of the background. So Robin, tell us what, I mean, what is unpaid work and how does it play out globally and nationally? Well, as you mentioned, unpaid work is the work that all of us do every day. And some of it's work that we want to do and some of it's work that we don't want to do, but we have to do. And uh, unpaid care work is actually divided into two kind of areas. Meaningful work, such as child care and elder care, taking care of the people that we love and our families. But then there's work that's kind of considered to be more menial, like doing the laundry and making the beds, work that I particularly hate doing. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that. Yes, anytime. And even meaningful work. I mean, when we take care of our children, which I have four children, you have a bunch. I forget. Mm, six. six. Yeah. Um, we love our children, but still, uh, some of that is, is really, it, even though it's meaningful at one level, it can be very difficult at uh, other levels. So how does it play out nationally and globally? So when we're looking at unpaid care work in the world, the vast, vast majority of this work is done by women. If we look at the statistics, global, the global average, women are spending four, four hours and 45 minutes a day versus men doing an hour and 30 minutes a day of this unpaid care work. And isn't it and, different depending on where yes, you're at depending in the world? on the regions. And so in developing nations and more traditional nations, the gap is way larger. In countries such as India, many countries in Africa, they, um, the amount of time that women spend can be 10 to 1 versus what men spend on unpaid care work. So there could be a huge, huge gap. And that happens for a lot of reasons. It happens for cultural factors, personal and family choices, and also some economic realities. So let's talk about Utah then. So we've talked about India and around the world. And unpaid care work is an important topic in all countries. And, and it really is in the United States still. And how do we relate you know, in the, how do we compare, I guess, in the state of Utah to the nation in these numbers, Robin? Well, uh, globally, the numbers for more developed nations are closer. The gap yes. between men and women is closer. Closer so, to our na- nation. Right. Yeah. So uh, between men and women in the United States, men spend about five, I mean, women spend about five hours a day and men spend almost four hours a day. So in Utah specifically, the gap between what Utah men and women spend on unpaid care work is wider than the national average. So women spend in Utah 5.55 hours per day in unpaid work versus 3.22 hours per day for Utah men. So Utah women spend more time than U.S. women on this, and Utah men spend less time than U.S. men on this type of work. And it's 
fascinating when we look ahead, you know, and, and, and we have all these numbers in, in the snapshot that I mentioned ahead, that, that it looks different in the state of Utah specifically, but around the nation. It looks different in what unpaid care work is, correct? Yes, absolutely. And so we're talking specifically about care work that happens mostly within the home. But we also wanted to mention that as far as unpaid work goes, Utah women actually volunteer yes, outside of true. their homes in very large uh, numbers and a lot of time. And so that that is something you can look at when you look at our uh, research snapshot on voting and civic participation. But we're talking today specifically about work that's happening within the home, more domestic work. Yeah. And, and I want to talk, you mentioned before, there's meaningful work and really the child care and elder care really go into those. So let's talk a little bit about the child care and how that plays out in Utah and how it compares to the nation. So child care is a huge issue within the state of Utah. Child care outside our homes is something that we've looked at recently in another snapshot. But women just caring for their own children within the home. Utah, as we know, has the largest family size in the nation. So we have more children to care for. We've got the highest fertility rate. So these are things that are that are really important issues. So women in Utah spend an average of 2.3 hours a day caring for children versus 1.25 hours a day spent by men. And more women in the state of Utah are caring for children than men. 36% of Utah women are caring for household children every day versus 23% of men in and the state. And some people would say, you know, that makes sense because we have so many women who stay home, so shouldn't they be spending more time caring uh, for children? And, you know, it's a personal choice. So why is it a societal issue? I mean, what do you, what would you say to that? That's a very important point that we're going to talk about a little bit later. But overall, we, we think that Utah women are at home and are not working, but yes. Utah women do work. Most Utah women work and women with, uh, children in the home ages between five and 17, 70% of Utah women with those school age children are in the workforce. So yes, uh, they may be at home a little bit more, caring for the children more, but they are also at work. And so and that's this is where an the, important issue. Yeah, that's where some of the concern is in Utah as well as other places as well, that what happens often is a woman may be working full time outside the home and man may work outside the home. But then the women, when they come back and have the children and, and do other things, end up having more childcare responsibilities in the evenings, but also other kinds of, of more menial tasks, correct? Right. That's so the that's famous exhausting. Right. That's the famous second shift that we talk about, right? That women do a full day shift at work and then they do a full day shift at home with all that work. So uh, in, in our research, we found that men within the state of Utah and actually everywhere in the world do spend more hours per week in paid work than women do. But when you combine paid work and unpaid work in Utah and in everywhere in the world, women spend more hours working per week. And so they're working for pay, they're working for no pay, and their hours are more than men. And one, one of the reasons is that men spend more time pursuing leisure activities. Yes, I know that we can talk about a little bit later. Men, uh, let's pull back a little bit on the video games and start doing some dishes, right? Or recreational activities. And sometimes it's good. I know my husband, great guy, but he spends a lot of time skiing and in the mountains and biking and so forth and loves it. 
But the research does support that men will spend more time on those kinds of activities. And women don't give themselves permission. Well, there's two things. First of all, sometimes you, you don't have any time to give yourself permission. And second, sometimes we there's just always work to be done and we feel like we need to continue to do that. So childcare, again, is, is one of the meaningful things that we do, but also there's there's a lot of work that comes along with those, whether you're working full-time, whether you're working part-time, community service and those things. But also one of the really emerging issues that's so fascinating to look at is elder care. Sometimes people think, well, that's not a big deal. There's not that much of that going on, but oh my gosh, there's a lot of elder care and the numbers are rising. And in the state of Utah, more women do elder care than men. Absolutely. Right? And this is becoming a huger and huger issue. Is that even a word? Huger? <laughs> <laughs> but as the baby boomers start aging, we will have more and more elderly, older members of our communities and our families that are going to need this type of care. So 59% uh, of the caregivers serving the elderly in the state are women caring for their own parents. So unpaid caregivers for the elderly provide 90% of this care, and much of this is long-term. 65% of these people giving this elder care have been doing it for between three and 10 years. And what's fascinating is we do have larger families in the state of Utah, we know that. Um, so oftentimes we have children for 10 years, maybe 20 years and some. So many women in the state of Utah will actually be in the sandwich generation. You know, you're still, doing caregiving in your home. You still have kids at home, whether they're teenagers or not, you still do unpaid care work, right? But then they're taking care of their parents as well. And just in the last month, I've had two or three people email me when I've we've talked about meeting or whatever that give me these, they don't give me statistics, they give me examples of having children at home, but also trying to take care of their parents and working part-time or full-time. Absolutely. That sandwich generation effect is so strong and prevalent. I experienced it myself a few years ago. I was actually caring for my elderly grandmother while my parents went off on an LDS mission. And so I was, I had a little one-year-old kid, but I was caring for my 90-year-old grandmother. Uh, women caring for their own children and their own parents is a very widespread phenomenon. So we have the meaningful work, the child care and elder care but there's other household chores, and sometimes I call them household crap. So I shouldn't have probably said that. I will second that motion. <laughs> but those things are doing the dishes, cooking, you know, cleaning the bathrooms, um, you know, and there's outside work as well. But right. men do tend to spend more of their time doing the repair work and outside work. And we saw that in the reports. Right. But overall, they're spending much less time. And many fewer men are participating in this household work of chores. So in the United States, about half of women perform household chores every day versus just one in five men. And in the state of Utah, our numbers are even a little bit worse. About half of women also are doing housework every day, but only 15% of men in the state of Utah are doing household chores on an average day. And it's interesting because sometimes, I mean, women, we're socialized to do these kinds of things. We've seen our mothers do that. And sometimes, you know, women will spend all day working with their children and doing work in the house, and then men will come home and the women still you know, sometimes they don't even ask for help, still will cook the meals and do the dishes and those kinds of things. And men will, will are socialized sometimes into just relaxing or right. going off on their leisure work. So, so people will ask us now that they're listening. So what do you do to change that? 
That's a big question. Oh, yes. We'll talk about that at the end <laughs> okay. of the podcast. I have so many ideas. <laughs> yes. So that's, that's important to look at. But I wanted to shift now into this research that we've read on the emotional and mental work of unpaid care work. So it's not just the physical tasks that we're doing, that it actually, that can take a toll. Absolutely. This is really an emerging field of research. I'm seeing more and more conversations about the emotional and mental work that women do. One of our colleagues, uh, now that we're looking at the holidays, right, we're, we're thinking about the holidays, we got a, a Huffington Post article sent to us last year that was called Holiday Magic is Created by Women and it's killing us. And I was living that and I experienced that so much. The work of the holidays, making sure everyone's taken care of, making sure you're inviting the right family members to the party that aren't gonna fight. And then, uh, so the emotional work of relationships within the family and within husband-wife relationships is really largely done by women, but also this mental work of managing and organizing a household. And that's huge. It I is. mean, I've always, through the years, uh, taking care of all the doctor's appointments. My kids are all older and out of the house now. Thank heavens. No, I'm just joking. Um, you know, I, I really did the dentist appointments. The, are you feeling okay? Running to the school. Good thing I was a professor, you know, during a and lot of it. Because I had some flexibility right? to do that. But well, there's other kinds of planning and just organizing and teams and, you know, taking care of snacks for teams and those kinds of things. Absolutely. And the research shows that even when men are participating in doing this household work, they're kind of doing what their wives tell them to do, right? The wife is still making the plan. She's still organizing everything. And sure, my husband's going to go pick up some carpools, but only if I put it on his calendar and remind him. And so what the researchers are finding is not only is this exhausting, but it's taking the mental energy that women could be putting toward their own educational and professional pursuits. And so it's holding them back from their paid work because the physical and mental load of the unpaid work is so unequally borne by them. But I do have to push back on men on um, from a man's perspective because so many, I was raised with six brothers, so, so I um, have this perspective sometimes, but sometimes women, we want to control these things or we're used to doing them. We're used to having to to do all of this and we don't ask for help or one of the examples that I use is, you know, cleaning the bathrooms. Sometimes, you know, we can say to our husband, clean the bathrooms, but then we go and clean after them because <laughs> we want the bathrooms at a higher level of cleanliness. And sometimes we just feel like because our mother always cooked all the meals, that's our job. And maybe, you know, things have changed and, and we're working part time or we have other kinds of commitments and it, it really, so sometimes women, you know, I know you're going to push back on this or often, but sometimes, I mean, we have to work with, have these conversations. We have to have these conversations with our spouses or partners or other people in our home. Absolutely. And those are part of the social and cultural factors that need to change. If this whole issue is going to shift, men need to make some changes and women need to make some changes. Yes. I will not push back too hard on that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, and I wanted to shift now to some socialization because there's this fascinating, and I've seen many studies come out to support this this year, that, I mean, why do are women, you know, moving into and doing this caregiving of, or and, and even community work and, and other kinds of work where we don't ask for pay? But I think it's so fascinating to look at the research around parents. We actually unconsciously most of the time are paying our sons more for things around the house and the yard. And girls, our, our daughters, we are not doing that. 
Absolutely. We found that girls spend 30% more time on unpaid work within their own homes when they're children than boys do, which I loved reading about this because it helped me be more aware as a parent. And I think our listeners can do that too. Take a look at the work that you're giving your boys and girls. Are you giving them both the same types of work? Are you paying them for this for work that's of equal value? Making sure that we're making these decisions as parents when our kids are young can help train them and socialize them to recognize I deserve to be paid for the work I'm doing. I think a lot of it really is unconscious, Robin. I mean, oftentimes we have the boys mow the lawn, right? And that's a concise thing that we can pay them for. Um, and we have girls do other kinds of chores. So I think we just need to be thoughtful as parents and, and just shake it up a little bit and give our boys experiences in the home and not pay. You know, if we're going to pay our sons for things, let's pay our daughters for things. And of course, you know the research, Robin, that that leads to things in, in, as we age into asking less and negotiating less for our salaries and so forth, because that's, uh, we won't get into that, but it's fascinating. And I think we need to look at that. So regional differences in the U.S. I know there was one report and we don't have specific data on Utah, but we can look at our culture and the kinds of things that we have. And it, it really had some, one of the reports had research on female labor force empowerment and some other elements. And Utah really ranked low on this particular national study, correct? Right. This was fascinating because we look at developed nations versus less developed nations, and we can see big gaps there. But even regionally within the United States, there are some differences. So this national study looked at three specific factors, female labor force empowerment, which we know is low in the state of Utah. We have a high wage gap. We have women working in part-time and lower prestige jobs. And then they looked at family traditionalism. So do we have a more uh, traditional way of looking at gender roles within the home? And then also state government liberalism. So do they have a lot of state policies dealing with family issues? And Utah actually ranked very low in this study for um, all three of those issues and how they relate to the gap between the work that men and women are doing unpaid in the home. And so it really goes to show that there are larger social and cultural factors that come into play. And so when we're looking to deal with this in a more effective way that's good for women and families, we need to look at this from a lot of different perspectives in order to approach it from all the different all the different things that are affecting it. I think it's important to not not really I mean we're not pushing back on women who choose to stay at home or the family structure. I mean I'm I'm married to a man, I have four children, you know, I have a really traditional family structure. I stayed at home for a number of years, but if we're not conscious of these issues, you know, it it can lead to to effects that are negative on women in, in the home and, you know, isolation, sometimes depression when you have so much unpaid care work, especially if you've got other commitments as well. Absolutely, Susan. One of our goals in creating this research snapshot was not in any way to demean women or make them feel like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this work. So much of this work is valuable work that women prioritize and, and care about a great deal. And men also care about it a great deal. But we really wanted to bring this out into the open and talk about the research so people could be aware of the differences. Because what we have find, and, and all of us know this just anecdotally, talking to our neighbors and our friends, 
women get burned out. We are carrying too high of a burden and the, the women are suffering physical health effects, mental health effects by doing this work and carrying the burden disproportionately. And of course, we're not talking about every woman in Utah. We're talking about many women in yeah. Utah and we need to acknowledge that. Uh, but so if this doesn't ring true in your own life, I will tell you that there are women around you very close, probably in your family, that may be struggling with this. And sometimes we hide those conversations. I mean, we just don't bring them up. But having the conversations, having the data, reading those snapshots so you have that data, and then having those conversations and seeing how are we both feeling, you know, partners or people who, um, your children too in the home. Things that really relate to that uneven burden and the high wage gap is one. Women work um, low-paying jobs and give up professional opportunities as well. And the, and the burnout that you talked about. And more specifically, even with mental health issues, uh, women who are providing elder care are very, very likely to experience depression. And so it can find its way into very specific mental health conditions if it's not really addressed that women are carrying too heavy of a burden in many cases. And we know from another snapshot that we've written on mental health that we do have high levels of women uh, with depression in the state of Utah, men as well, right. but but we look at the women's stuff. So we have to look at that. So sometimes when women are at home full time and, and doing the childcare and doing menial work, we have to look at that. Do they need to get out and have some leisure time of their own and those kinds of things. So, so let's close by talking about what can we do. So why don't you start off? Well, when looking at the ways that we can work to promote a more equal distribution of care work, there are really three core groups that can work on this. First of all, there are policy solutions to some of these issues that our legislators can work at. Better efforts to work on paid family leave. Paid family leave has actually shown to be a very good solution toward getting men more involved in the day-to-day -day work of raising families and creating homes. Um, so, and, and better support with childcare is another huge issue with this. But then companies can also do There's things as well, There's innovative solutions. Right? I think we're just barely emerging, especially in the state of Utah, into some innovative solutions. Yes. Uh, one, one researcher found that when uh, men were involved in the very early days, when there was a child brought into the home, when men were involved in the early days, they stayed involved throughout that child's life. And actually, we were talking about how this benefits women, but it benefits men as well. The men who were more involved in the, in the unpaid care work of their homes had higher satisfaction with their family lives. They were more involved and they were happier. And so this benefits women and it benefits men. It's a win-win. <laughs> and I, I must say that I moved to Utah about 17 years ago and I did my dissertation years ago in Minnesota and worked with companies that were much farther ahead in Utah in terms of flexibility and work-life kinds of of initiatives in the company and when I moved to Utah I found that we were quite far behind the nation so I'm I'm uh, acknowledging that uh, but there are research of best practices that talk about solutions in terms of more flexibility and research from the state of Utah has said childcare was one of the top concerns the number one but flexibility was second and flexibility can help with that unpaid work. Maybe your children are all in school, but having flexibility to be able to go do parent-teacher conferences or different things in the day, there's things that companies and the, and the state government and local governments can do to really help in this area. 
Absolutely. And finally, this comes down to personal and family conversations and decisions, right? So we have a lot of social factors, cultural factors within the state of Utah. Uh, early age of marriage, we're the youngest in the in the nation. We're among earlier, I mean, we're below the national average for the age of first birth. And a lot of these patterns can be set in early, which makes it even more important for family members, men and women, to get together to talk about the things that are working, to talk about the things that aren't working, and work together to come up with better solutions so the men and women can both get greater satisfaction over what they're doing in their homes. So the really interesting thing with your comment about early marriage and early age of first birth is that the earlier you get married, the earlier you start having children, the more women tend to do more unpaid work throughout their entire life. Absolutely. So those conversations at, at no matter what age we are, you know, uh, with, with partners in the home are just so critical. So there's other groups working on this, but take a look at our snapshot. We're out of time, so I need to conclude. But understanding, as I've said before on other podcasts, understanding the data around it, understanding the, the patterns that we see in Utah can help us with our own decisions, but help other people as well. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast series hosted by the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah Valley University. Our core mission is to strengthen the impact of Utah girls and women. If you want to read the research snapshot we discussed today or learn more about our research, resources, and events, please visit us at utwomen.org. Thank you.